It's 8 o'clock. It's Friday night. It's time for Fantastics Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. Woo-ba-da-doo! Fibbity-dee! Exciting stuff happening here at 21st and Florida in the Mission District, 278 121st Street. We're going to have a really great comedy show. I'm going to start it out. We're, again, waiting for the throngs of people. We have... A real audience member tonight, so everybody is going to be excited that they can tell their jokes to a person, yay, that braved this smoky weirdness. Hey, enjoy the dulcet tones of Floating Goat while we prepare ourselves for the amazing Fantastic Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. Yay! That's how you do it when you don't have a board op. You just like stop the music and run around and go, Woo! Time to do comedy! Yay. Clap it up for yourselves, Lenny and Roman. We can start. We can. You guys should start your own sitcom. It'll be like, instead of Lenny and Squiggy, it'll be Lenny and Roman. Better looking than those weirdos anyways. Uh, yeah, that's them. I, I don't know why they are always biting their fists. I'm like, what does that even mean? Showing my age here on Pemtasis Comedy Clubhouse. Hey, everybody, you're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. I'm your host for tonight, Pam Benjamin. I'm doing, I'm going to warm you up. You feel, you feel it's cold out there. I'm really enjoying the smoke because it makes it feel like old school San Francisco fog, doesn't it? Like during the day, everyone's like, <laughs> I can't. But at night, people are like, yeah, I'm drinking and smoking. It's fine. It's like old school San Francisco fog. It's just a throwback. It's just our perception as to how Clay Newman understands the world. What? Good stuff. Here we are at the clubhouse. Uh, yeah, I've I've been having... Um, I'm really bummed that I quit smoking four months ago because, (laughs) exactly, like, I quit smoking and now I'm just going to start smoking again because it's healthier. You know what? Here's the thing. If I'm going to breathe shitty air, I at least want to get high off it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, feels good on the inside. I like it. I'm going to go, next week I get to go to Little Rock, Arkansas and breathe. It's going to be really nice. But I'm really nervous about like breathing like the, the, the external air of Republicans. You know like how Republicans are breathing out and I have to breathe in? Like we have to share the same air and I just don't know if that's going to like change my genetic makeup if I'm going to want to stop having abortions after going to Little Rock, Arkansas. Like I've, I've breathed the same air they have. Am I going to it's gonna change me. I don't know. I guess they seem like 
I did a lot of research on Little Rock, Arkansas. They seem like nice people in that they really love families and alcohol. And one of my favorite <laughs> things I read online is people in Arkansas really like family gatherings. And one thing you'll note about people in Arkansas is there is more alcohol than food at family gatherings. And they're proud of this on websites. So I am stoked to go to Little Rock, Arkansas. Also, weed is medicinal now, so I can like bring cookies there and not feel like I'm going to get arrested. <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in Little Rock, Arkansas? I don't know. They don't. They don't. Obviously, they don't listen to this yet. We'll see after that. If I'm going to make so many fans out there, but doing all my Jesus material, finally someone will understand my Bible jokes because they actually read the Bible. Out here, I can't do any Bible jokes because you've got to give like a TED talk before you give the joke because people are like, <laughs> Esther and Ruth, who the fuck are they? And I'm like, I have a great feminist joke about Esther and Ruth. And here they're like, fucking done. We have no idea who those people are. Hadassah, Esther. Her name was Hadassah. She saved the entire Jewish people. How did Esther save the entire Jewish people? Was she clever? Was she great at puzzles? Was she an orator? Nay. She had a hot rack and didn't look Jewy. She was so Jewy that they changed her name from Hadassah to Esther. They were like, you are hot, but Hadassah is not hot. <laughs> Esther, however, hot name. Go for it, girl. Hot rack, don't look Jewy. Feminism in the Bible. Loving it. I think they're going to get, thank you. I think they're going to get it in Little Rock. They'll like, they'll like, I'll start it. They'll be like, ah, we read the Bible. Ah, it's one of the only, and women know how to read. Oh, it's witchcraft. And this, it's the Bible. It's, it's good. I can, I don't know. I'm so worried about going there because I feel like we're so different. But if I go there and I shit on San Francisco, They'll like me. So it's like, that's just, it's like, I just have to talk about how pretentious I am. I mean, I do have an MFA in poetry, so fuck me, right? <laughs> I go to, go to Little Rock, Arkansas, and be like, yes, I spent four years getting an MFA in poetry. And they're like, I'm a metal worker. <laughs> Let's relate. How much do you like the British Baking Show? Ah, I love it. Is that how we're going to connect? I'm be like, Netflix is the way we're going to connect because Netflix shapes all our lives. And I just finally saw him, you know, that feminism is on Netflix. He's called Feminism. What were they thinking? And I'm like, I know, right? But finally, feminism exists because it's on Facebook. I mean, Netflix. Whatever. Either way, they makes us feel shitty about ourselves. I just joined Instagram this week, and I'm like, oh, another platform to make me feel like a pile of shit? Ha 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 Great! I thought that Facebook was enough to make me want to kill myself, but now I have another platform to feel like a dick. Woo! Social media is so against the soul. <laughs> like, if you have a soul and it, I feel like social media chips away at your soul. It's like I had a soul. I was and then it's like the more of your soul you show British Baking Show. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Kim Joy. I'm really sad she didn't win. I did. I'm sorry. Oh my God. I just ruined it for everyone. If anyone hasn't watched season six yet, I'm such a dick. I was really rooting for Kim Joy. She cried. She cried more than anybody. 
<laughs> right? Like I I was surprised. The thing is the thing the reason I love the British baking show is it exactly the opposite of American reality TV. No one hates each other. Like nobody's backstabbing or like everyone's fucking nice and they're making delicious foods and why as Americans were we taught that British people have shitty food that is lies what is happening they have all the cakes and all the foods and we're like fuck you and your bullshit and it's like why what because we're American because we came from you because we're like white like you but not as good or at slavery like I don't know how that worked but they gave up slavery first so it's cool like we were good at it after them I guess Bangladesh. Isn't that modern day slavery? I love saying the word Bangladesh. <laughs> Why do babies' pants have pockets? I know that's I just I'm just wondering like I'm just I just get really high and I'm like that's the thing is that people in Bangladesh are making baby pants and they make cargo pants with six pockets on them and there's a lady like sewing on a machine six pockets on a baby's pants what are the butts the baby putting in the pockets dirt they can't even put their own hands in their own pockets it's just it's just like it's style for no one like what are we I finally figured out what to put in the baby's pockets that's where I put my drugs it's like the ba- it's the only safe place from a baby because the baby understands the mechanics of zippers so my backpack's not safe like the baby could just grab the drugs out at any time but their own pockets absolutely safe also the police will never search a baby I feel so comfortable with drugs on a baby. Such a safe place. I love drugs. Weed is not a drug. And babies supposedly don't have an endocannabinoid system, so they could eat all the all the weed they want and nothing would happen. It would just be like they just poop it out. It would just be like a waste of weed. So why would you want to do that? Hide it on the baby. Don't put it in your backpack. Da-na-na-na. This is my second TED Talk of the night, talking about babies and drugs. All right, let's uh, let's end my bullshit and get on with the stuff. We sing a little song here. Oh, you can, if, if you want to clap, you can clap. Yay! I got to go through and listen to that and see if I swore because I'm trying to do clean material to prepare for Little Rock, Arkansas. Because I I'm trying to I'm trying to veer away from words like cunt face, <laughs> and you know, the usual things I put in my set. No abortion jokes. No, no cunt face stuff. Good, great, awesome. You're scaring me, Justin, with the mask. I feel like you are Bane, and and that I'm 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 Batman. I'm not Batman. Isn't one of them. It's Spider Man. Spider Man is the. I'm nervous. No, he's just hanging out with his creepy mask on. No, he's a great, he's a funny comedian. He's just freaking me out right now. That's all. Uh, we're gonna sing a song. If you know how it goes, sing along. If you don't, you'll figure it out. M U T I N Y Comedy Clubhouse Comedy Clubhouse. Comedy Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. Hi, hi, hi. It's not the weed, it's the air. M-U-T-I-N-Y, Comedy Clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! Yay!
Are we all okay tonight with everybody smoking pot inside? Is anybody allergic to You have a mask on, so you're fine. Everybody else is okay with smoking pot inside tonight? Are we okay with that? Good. We're going to do that. If you have a problem with it, just tell us and we'll stop doing it. But honestly, like the air quality with weed is better than the air quality outside. So we're all going to survive. Everything will be okay. Uh, I don't know if we want to like Rosham or figure it out or how we want to do it. We got three comics on the bill right now that are here. There's six supposedly total, but Roman Leo looks like he's he raised his hand. He wants to go first. Yay! Long sets. Um, I'm gonna when I when I take a picture of you with the iPad because I just joined um, Instagram this week. <laughs> that's that's when you know that I've sold out and that you're gonna be on Mutiny Radio's Instagram, which I never wanted to do. I swear to you, I never wanted to do it. And they're making me, the world is making me adjust and I fucking hate it. But I love your next comedian and he's gonna make you laugh and you guys are gonna love him. Put your hands together for Roman Leo! Yeah. All right, I'm selling air filters. This is the last one at Home Depot, everybody. Just stop by if you want a uh, FPR9 filter at uh, seven times the original price. <laughs> no kidding. Um, but I'm going to make a cool box filter fan uh, out of that thing when I get home. You just strap some duct tape to a fan, and then you filter, and then the room is safe or something. I think it... Um, it uh, helps with just like the anxiety, like the placebo thing. You know what I mean? Right? I imagine anxiety causes inflammation and my brain is just, you know, that's what's been wrong all these years, right? More kale directly. I want to inject kale directly into my brain to reduce depression, maybe get a, a new tattoo. Anybody got a suggestion for a tattoo that'll cover up depression? Um, <laughs> It's a loud Michael's phone stand. Um, whoo! There's yeah, the audience isn't Mike, so I'm gonna have to laugh at my own jokes while I'm saying them. It's kind of like a Kenny, a Kenny G kind of situation. You know what I mean? Like nose laughs with uh, Roman Leo. The apocalypse is outdoors as usual. <laughs> Fuck the one percent, man. They got to be really upset about all the expensive houses that they bought in the middle of an apocalypse. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh, we're so sad. We have to leave on our private jets. Um, <laughs> right? It's, uh, that's always fun. Uh, sorry for not looking directly at any of you guys for too long, but it's creepy. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just starts to seem weird. Like, if I just lock eyes with somebody in the room, eventually they're just like, why the fuck is he looking at me? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm talking to you. You know what I mean? Right? Like, there should be, like, a reason not to, you know... It's not like there's any women making eye like, whew, you know, like that I understand. But, you know, sometimes when I perform stand-up comedy, I don't even remember any men's faces. I just notice the women. So I'm like, ah, can't look at her. Can't look at her. No, I'm kidding. That's weird. Uh, why would I ever talk about current day sexual politics? Um, I'd make a joke about stealing the tip jar if it hadn't happened so many times already. Uh <laughs> You know, now it's like, oh, you know, some jokes are just too sad. You can't make them tip jar jokes. Um, I wonder what kind of electric scooting device that was that just went by. 
instead of motorcycle. I want to get a motorcycle, but um, I'm just going to lay it down. You know what I mean? I'm like, because every time, like, I, I know I don't want to get a motorcycle because I've been, I've been renting those electric scooters around town. And every time I do, I'm carrying like two bags of groceries and uh, trying to control the throttle uh, and do curbs all at once. It's very difficult, you guys. Is anybody else? Like, I hang my, like, bag over the handles of the thing, and then I got two other bags in my arms and stuff or whatever, and then I go over a fucking hill, and those things do not take hills very well. You're very, like, so I'm kicking with three bags up the hill, dropping fucking pinto beans and rice or whatever everywhere, maybe some frozen vegetables. Uh, fuck if I, you know, have never been able to carry a $9 bottle of olive oil on an electric scooter. That's impossible. Anyway, so you're kicking over the hill and then it's, and then, and those things, you know, I'll ride them in the middle of the street, but the potholes are not, that's fucking scary as fuck. I have a friend who claims that he separated his shoulder riding an electric scooter. Anyway, um, the details of it was that I wanted a motorcycle, but I'm like, I've almost killed myself on these little electric scooters so many times. It's not, I feel like it's unwise. And then I would just be riding the motorcycle on the sidewalk with all these bags of groceries and not having a free hand to control the motorcycle. Anything? Um, prepared material. No. Hey, what's up, Sabrina? Um, ah, so I'm divorced. Uh, uh, I mean, can you see it in my face? Is it? Uh, when I moved, I moved back from the divorce. Uh, I got the, brought the child's Ikea mattress. I was like, I'm taking something. Um, and just slept on the floor at, uh, my stuttering comedian friend's house for, she says six months. I say it was three because I was only there half the time. Um, you know, anyway, joke. (laughs) Ah, um, the point sleeping on a floor at somebody's house it's great you can play that game where you like jerk off on weed supplements and then next morning you're like where did i finish that jerk off you know what i mean just find that somewhere in the apartment i know i fell asleep at some point didn't i maybe i was on ambien sleeping pills that's what that joke was about a long time ago but anyway so no i don't do we i i love ambien because it'll just delete like nine seasons of uh um, the awful show with Ted Danson that's on the, ugh. you know what I mean? And yeah, like the, the laptop is still open, but you can't remember any of the TV you just watched. So I like Ambien, but, but weed, weed, uh, like a bunny ear from a weed cookie that will make me like go into a paranoid psychosis of 45 minutes in the bathroom, trying to figure out some hair follicles or genital warts. You know what I mean? Like that kind of high where you're like, should I put the blanket over me or take off my shoes? I don't know. I'm just going to lie here. So fantastic erection. Um, just lying there on the floor on the eight-year-old's Ikea mattress and divorced and uh, trying to go to sleep. And I got my dental pints in there so I don't suffocate because I'm old, right? You got to have your sleep apnea and potential sleep suffocation. And uh, I shit you not the my friend's landlord was drunk and then fell through the he was trying to get into his apartment he fell through the front window front glass smashed the into the apartment while i was sleeping there like a guy came through the window it's like midnight i'm just high as fuck 
and then screaming like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. But I have the dental appliance in. So it's like, you know, standing there in my boxers, an erection. And the, the landlord's like, sorry, sorry. You know, I'm like, ugh, that is the worst apology. You know what I mean? If you're going to learn to apologize in English, just please just do better than sorry. <laughs> is that racist? Sometimes comedians will ask the crowd if something's racist and then the crowd will respond. I take it a step further and I'm like, is that a white supremacist? No. Um, <laughs> kidding. Kidding. I'm not. I just, uh, uh, I go to Modesto and I uh, get uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Uh, all the guys in the bar look like me, but for real. It's uh, fucking weird. Um, ew. Waterford. It smells like shit out there, you guys. Um, sorry, Modesto. What, uh, uh, fuck what was the point of that story it was i'm divorced i think i'm almost 40 i'm 42 i wrote that joke 17 years ago anybody see that all-female reboot of ghostbusters ghostbusters 2 i want to see an all-female reboot of me getting molested at camp Is the original on video? Asked the man at the booth. I I would uh, that wow. You know how long? See how slow my brain is. That it took me that long to figure out your fucking. I'm not quick, you guys. It turns out. I mean, they say you need to be like quick or witted or something, or have like unwavering confidence to do stand-up comedy. But you know, all I needed was uh, 30% off on Uber discount. I'm also selling a burner pan. Uh, this one is discounted. This is 50% off. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that fun? I got peanuts. I got everything. I want to, I want to buy like a, you know, a place to live. I think I'm going to get like, someday I'm going to move into a Toyota Yaris or, <laughs> or maybe a Mercedes if I want to live somewhere in style. The Yaris, I mean, you know, the Yaris, you'd think it's going to be cheaper, but I'm going to have to get my legs shortened in order to fit in there. <laughs> it is. I think it's a normal, in most cities, it would be psychosis to be constantly thinking about living outdoors and all your transition friends. But, you know, like, that's really, literally what I think about every night. And it's not any better where I actually live um, with the other comedians. I live with five potheads and an alcoholic. What's the difference between a pothead and an alcoholic? I don't know. None of them do their dishes. They, uh, <laughs> the difference, they all do cocaine. It's not, there's no, I, I'm laying off drinking cause I got up, I was drinking with my roommate and I'll drink like seven on a Tuesday just to, you know, um, recover from the beginning of the week. But like, if I drink with my roommate, we're up to like 50 beers a week. Anybody else like, it's really easy to get there. Uh, and then it's like, we drink that much because he's an alcoholic. Uh, I'm a social drinker. I'm not going to let him just sit there and play video games and drink Coors Light by himself. You know what I mean? Like, I am not an alcoholic. I do my dishes. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so I'm divorced. And... Uh, which sucks because I mean, but statistically it's better to sleep alone. They've proven you get a better night's sleep when you're alone. 
And uh, so I love my bed, but I, the one night stands are rough because you got the arm falls asleep and then you're, you know, there's a cat and she's, I've got allergies and the cat's trying to kill me. And then it's a one night stand. So there's like a strange dog in the bed, like staring at me. And I'm like, was that the dog there before the sex when I'm waking up right now in the squirt spot? Like, why do I have to sleep in the squirt spot? There's a towel right next to the bed. We, and she's like, no, if we use the towel, it kills the mood. And I'm like, do we have to be that spontaneous in the, I don't want to sleep in the squirt spot. So maybe, yeah, I love my bed sleeping alone. Um, my bed's like a fucking, just a fucking Python versus alligator of just pleasure. You know what I mean? We just, one of us is going to win and I end up with my head sticking through the box spring and, uh, you know, and I'm asleep. It's, uh, <laughs> I wonder if guys with erectile dysfunction, uh, if their other senses are heightened, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> if all of a sudden they're like really good at conflict resolution, you know, and flossing. Are they good at, you know, reminding their, you know, people to floss. I don't have sex right now. We, we have, we have you flossed, you know, wouldn't that be the worst person of all time? I don't have erectile dysfunction because, uh, I have a vasectomy. And so, it just makes everything better, you guys. I went in, the doctor uh, rubbed uh, antibiotics, betadine into my area for like 15 minutes. Uh, I found out I was gay, and then he cut me with a knife. Uh, <laughs> like, how many of these have you done? You're really good. He's like, 3,000. Uh, scared me, Clay, with a fucking hair halo. I'm half <laughs> blind. Uh Right. So, yeah. I still, the thing about a vasectomy is I can't believe that women believe you when you say that you have one. It's like, there's no, why would you take my word? You know, like, it's not like my father's vasectomy where he would just tell everybody at last call, or I mean, show. I have a vasectomy. And then he would show them and it would be like, I put an extra knot in there. It'll never come undone. His dick is tied in the joke. That I make that. My dad taught me how to tie knots. It was like extra, your shoes, right? He was so sweet. He taught me how to tie my shoes. And then he left and I could not get those fuckers off. It was, um, right? Yeah. We have mice at our place. People come over to my place. They're like, what's that smell? I'm like, that's the smell of $320 a month. It's mostly it's marijuana smoke and an active sewage leak that allows us to live there. The mice, you put out the glue trap, the mouse gets caught in the glue trap my roommate kevin gets caught in the glue trap they're both crying it's like fucking how are we gonna have social change if you can't if you're crying over the mouse there was a woman on my block back in ohio 80 years old a baby deer a fawn was eating her petunias she got arrested and because she beat that deer to death with a shovel like she came from a different time i feel like you know what i mean like Back then, you know, women, they went to like a two on things, and now they go to a seven. But like sometimes just maybe pick up a shovel and let the anger out, and you'll just go to a two on things. You know what I mean? I get too angry. Like I feel like I'm the guy that goes to a seven, like, and I'm just like, why can't I express anger ever? You know what I mean? And then I'm like, whoops, I yelled at three people this week. You know, like, it's just, there's a, I should just go to a two. I was I was standing out in front of the Maggie McGeary's bar and saving a parking spot for my roommate because we've been circling half an hour in North Beach and I asked four comedians to help me save this parking spot because it's like douche town and I was like and they all immediately just started telling me no don't do that and I'm like I'm trying to save a parking spot for a friend you know like I understand it's for a friend though 
right? And then this guy in a Mercedes drives up and he wants to park there. And I was like, dude, I've been circling, friend. And then he's got angry at me and and lurched his Mercedes at me and like kind of almost clipped me with his side mirror. And I was just started screaming. I was like, you hit me, you hit me, right? Because he's in a Mercedes and it's in North Beach. And uh, and then he, he got, fr- that was like, so I won the argument. And... <laughs> And the guy had a sense of humor about it because he was Middle Eastern and he said, uh, I will behead you and then drove off. It was a, that's a literal true story. <laughs> Sounds racist. <laughs> but, you know, if I had said that he had a curvy sword, then it would have been racist. But it's just a true story. And then there's like four comedians and they're all like, don't do that, Roman. What are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm saving a parking spot for a friend. So, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like a white woman telling me not to save a parking spot. I understand the barbecue Becky thing now. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's entitlement. You know, can I just scream at people in the street? I'm outdoors. Right. And then we had a car after a party at my house. We had a car on fire because I lived in East Oakland and uh, somebody set a car on fire. And I was like, where is barbecue Becky when we need her? Thank you guys very much. Uh, Sorry if I went too long. Roman Leo, get your electric range dip bowl and your new air filter. Yes. For safety. Yay! Yay, Robin Leo! He's divorced, everybody! Did you hear that? He is, he is divorced. I am too, I'm divorced. Uh, I, I was actually a virgin until I got married, and uh, I married a black guy, and we were together for 13 years, and then I left him, and uh, you know, he never let me have dildos or anything, but I thought that was just because we were like prude and both very religious before we got married or whatever. And then I, I came to San Francisco and I became the whore of Sodom and Gomorrah and I slept with my first white guy. And I was like, holy fuck, your dick is huge. And he was like, nah, six inches is pretty standard. And I was like, perspective. Sometimes stereotypes aren't real, you guys. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I love shitting on my ex-husband's dick. It really was. He was black and he was small. I just didn't know. My point is I didn't know it was small until I didn't know that dicks were more than one size. We didn't We didn't watch porn together, so I had no idea. That's how, they, that's, that's how the Christians keep their women dumb. They, they don't let them learn. That's, like, that's the... It's just like the tree of knowledge. Once she eats the fruit, once she knows why there's dildos, like, ah, this is real, what? <laughs> the whole world changes. Uh, like, your lens will most likely be changed with your next comedian. Why? Because he's from LA. He's not like us. His air is clean and serviceable. We wouldn't have said that before. The women down there all wear bras. And makeup. It's, it's exciting in LA, I think. Put your hands together for Joe Faina! Keep it going for Pam, everybody, and yourselves. It's Troy to come up here from LA. Uh, I've been to San Francisco a bunch of times before, but I've never done comedy in San Francisco before. Like, I go up here for something else. And so, this is my first time I've done stand up in. San Francisco before and if you would have told me that it was going to look like this place 
I would have said, you're lying. No one actually lives like that. This has not disappointed. This has been so great so far. This is exactly what I imagined San Francisco alt shows are, and I could not be happier. And look at me. Look at me like, yeah, that guy's from L.A. And uh, I got catcalled today, though. Yeah. I got catcalled today. Still a guy. It was still dudes. It's still only dudes doing that. Uh... It's been happening a lot, to be honest. It's been happening a lot lately. A lot of men have been coming up to me on the street, crossing the street, offering unsolicited advice and compliments about my beard. (laughs) Just completely unprompted, totally unasked for, and I like it. (laughs) I do. I like it. I mean, I'm, look, I'm not going to be one of these comics that's up here uh, fishing for compliments, but I will accept them, and I do need them very badly. So, thanks, men. It's been happening a lot. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just so strange how often it's been happening because it's the complete opposite of the way it used to be. Like, men are so comfortable. It's the one thing we're getting right. The only thing is that we're kind of better to each other when saying, hey, man, you put some effort in. I like that. Uh, It's the only thing we're getting right. If you're the kind of person that I was, you went to the kind of high school where all of your friends were just daring each other to be gay Right? I went to school in Southern California, and everyone there was just trying to trick each other into being gay, saying something gay, acting gay, right? Presenting all kinds of conundrums that you can't get your way out of. How much money would it take, bro? How much money would it take for you to suck a dick? And I always want to respond, I don't know, probably more money than you have right now, but uh, you can't say that. You got to give them a price, and I don't know what the market value is for that. I'm in high school. You got to figure your way out of that. You got to ask them a follow-up question instead to shut them up. Instead of giving them a price, that's what they want you to say. Because no matter what the number is, they knew it. That means you're gay. So you got to do it the other way around. And I, when they say, how much money would it take for you to suck a dick? I say, well, is it your dick or can I pick which dick it is? <laughs> you ask them that, they don't know what to do. They're looking at you like... I don't know, bro, I guess I guess you can pick which dick it's going to be, to which I always respond, cool, I pick yours then. And <laughs> shuts them right up. So y'all can use that. I'm giving that to you the next time you're hanging out with high school kids. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you'd be doing in the daytime. <laughs> yeah. I'm a bald guy, but somehow the hairiest I've ever been. I did not expect that. My hair just moved to a different neighborhood and multiplied. I'm not even wearing a shirt. I'm just, my belly button wove this this morning. <laughs> and I just put it together. Took a class. <laughs> I am concerned I'm wearing too much denim. You are noticing that. Uh, I, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like, Whatever venom took and it takes over his body, like that's denim for me. I, I, I didn't plan on that. Uh, I'm a, I, yeah, I live in LA and uh, I have, uh, you know, it's a, people say it's not a real city. 
right? You people, these people, you, you guys in New York, you guys are in agreement on that. Like, that's not the real town. We're a real town, right? LA is a uh, city, if you haven't been there a lot, it's like full of a bunch of different neighborhoods that are all kind of separate, but it's all like this general idea of this region. And it's a little immigrant neighborhood everywhere. And I think the neighborhood I'm living in is Little Scientology. Uh, because there are a lot of Scientology churches and missions. Yeah, they have missions uh, in, in my neighborhood. I'm getting invited to a lot of movie premieres. A lot of people are coming up to me on the street and saying, hey, nice beard, you look stressed, and offering me a test. But I will say this, though, their marketing campaigns are very impressive on how elaborate they get and how they get you. Every so often, they'll get you. Where, okay, so the recent one in my neighborhood is I've been walking by this uh, big Scientology church and they have all this open parking. Just this entire pristine parking lot, giant spaces. And it's a very expensive neighborhood. It's like around here. Imagine there's a giant parking lot just across the street. And uh, they own it and, all right, I'm listening. Like. What what do I got to do to to have access to that? I I will I will believe almost anything for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, L.A. real estate is also a nightmare. I uh, I love that we got paid in edibles at this show. This I'm, you got this is I mean both every stereotype of the city has come true in the best way possible since I've been here. Uh, I like it. I. When I moved to California, I, 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 I started stand-up comedy in Austin, Texas, and I lived there for a very long time. And then I moved to LA, and I got my medical card right away because I'm sick. I have the same disease all of you have. I was sick of looking for my own dealer. So I got the state of California to find me one. And it's great. <laughs> I like it a lot. I feel, I feel bad for like old-school drug dealers, though, right? Pro no. 60% of this audience, I would gather, at some point in their lives, right? I mean, same. Uh, I feel bad. You know, people are, people are all for it. It's, you know, it's legal in California. I think it's great and awesome, and it should have been for a very long time. But everyone you know, or you used to have friends who made a lot of money doing that, and, like, that was always such a weird interaction that's just gone. It's a small business that has been rendered obsolete by big pharma. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Does that, does that work here? Does people in San Francisco care? <laughs> about agribusiness and how the weed industry is going to be great, but then going to just, Monsanto's going to have them. That'll be fun, right? <laughs> is there someone raising their hand? Do you have a, an interjection? So people in Humboldt, all the mom and pop people are really Yeah, absolutely, right? It's, so this, I'm just saying, like, drug dealers getting a bad rap uh, uh, there. Like, people, I think about them now, like, kind of an unsung hero, because everyone always got mad. They had this charade, like, uh, you're, you didn't want to go to your guy's house. Um, it's usually a guy, right? But you didn't want to go to your guy's house because you're like, man, he's going to make me want to hang out with him, right? You had to have this, uh, you know, you can say what you're actually doing. It's all this, like, secret conversation that no one's having. But it never occurs to anyone that, like, maybe your drug dealer didn't want to hang out with you either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and you're mad, you're going to go to his house, and he's going to give you drugs tax-free because it's a cash business, totally legitimate. We all get it. And, and then you're mad because he's going to make you watch a bunch of weird conspiracy theory videos on YouTube first. You were going to do that anyway. 
when you got home. That's what I'm going to do. He gave me a playlist. You're going to put that guy out of business. <laughs> Bummer. My, uh, my dad's a grandfather. My brother's a dad. I'm an uncle. I could have set that up better. Uh, <laughs> I'm an uncle. I have a nephew. I have a niece, too. She's really young. I have a nephew that's starting to, like, become a real, a real human, a real human person, and that, that's awesome. So my name is Joe, and I'm an uncle. I'm an Uncle Joe. That's a big responsibility, right? There's so many. It's like a, it's like a sitcom trope. Uncle Joey, are you kidding me? <laughs> Who does stand-up? This Okay, I'm the most cliche person here. I've won. I, I took it back. Uh, um, it's a big responsibility because the uncle is an interesting spot to be in. Are any uncles in here? Stay, ooh, I love that. That's a good one. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I feel less of a, a stay-at-home uncle than uh, like a culturally I'm a stepdad. You know what I mean? Like I don't want kids of my own, but I like other people's kids. Like my brother's, his, his nephew, or my nephew, um, there's no wiggle room with the uncle. You think of your uncles, right? Either the uncle is the best family member or the worst family member. <laughs> Right, and I got a big decision to make. Which way am I gonna go? You know, I gotta, I gotta figure it out. Who am I? I got a, I got a chance here. This is sibling rivalry. We're, we're doing it again. I got, a, I got a big chance here to figure out which am I gonna be a face or a heel. You know what I mean? <laughs> you wrestling fans, I know what I am gonna do is I am going to teach him the bad words. That's that's the real goal, right? That's the whole point of being an uncle. That's why they invented them. Is you're going to teach them the swear words and what a skateboard is. And, <laughs> and then tell all the stories about what you did to his dad, because he's your little brother. Um, and uh, so that's what I'm definitely going to do. I'm going to teach him the bad words. Absolutely. And I'm writing them down. Like, what are the best ones I'm going to teach him? But, you know, it's like, which bad words? There's different categories because, again, that's a big choice. Like, am I going to do the more traditional word, bad words to teach him? You know, like, fuck and shit and, and motherfucker. That's a good one. Or am I going to teach him other bad words like patriarchy and gentrification? You know what I mean? Like, things he needs to know about around here. <laughs> Thank you for the snaps. <laughs> I, uh... I live with my girlfriend. We've been together for a long time. She's great. She's wonderful. Um, uh, we, we get along so well because we both hate the same things, right? That's, sometimes that's what you bond over. Like, we really just hate the same things, and right now that thing is me. And, uh, and so we get together. We get along really well. We can have a common enemy, you know what I mean, that bonds people. She likes to make fun of me a lot for things that I used to be into and am not into anymore. Uh, you know, you're, you know, you get to know someone, you tell, share about embarrassing things from your past, but she just laughs at me no matter what it is. And, uh, that's not fair, right? I guess that's what modern romance is. Just two people shaming each other for past decisions that they've made. But no matter what it is, you go, you know, if you come to our house, like in the evening, you might hear us having like a fight, something I'm trying to win, some argument that I have to win. I don't know why, but it's, I'm in an indefensible position because, you know, people used to be into stuff that you're not into anymore because it was embarrassing or whatever, right? Everyone's got their guilty pleasures. So you walk by our house late at night and you hear me defend uh, my position and I'll be saying something like, hey, Limp Biscuits underrated, all right? You know who also wore a fedora in high school? Frank Sinatra, all right? I don't know what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to throw it back on her. 
ask her if she's ever done anything that's ever been considered uncool. And I asked her that. You mean to tell me you've never done anything uncool before? And she goes, no, of course not. And that's not true. That can't be true. It's never been true. And I know it's not true for her because when she was in high school, my girlfriend did slam poetry. Now, now, for those of you not snapping in the back of the room, slam poetry is this little known art form where you write down your own poetry and then you get up on a stage and you admit it <laughs> to people. Weird. Could you imagine? Ugh. We do like the same TV shows, though. That's helpful, right? When you can watch the same types of TV shows. Um, we've discovered that uh, we both really, really like shows uh, that have uh, rapists in them. Right? The more rapists that are, in, that, are, that, that are part of a show, the better. And so she watches the show Law & Order SVU. Right? She loves it. Yeah, she loves it. And I watch, you know, I watch a lot of Sports Center, and, uh, and so we can get along. We can get along real well. Was that the light? Not the light that I had? All right. Thank you guys so much. I'm Joe Fana. Appreciate you. Thank you, San Francisco. Joe Fana, everyone, all the way from L.A. Yeah! That was good. Uh, yeah, I had a thing to say, but then I forgot it because I ate some of the nuts. So there, that's that's what happens there. Uh, yeah, we can smoke pot in here. Absolutely, everyone's okay. Everyone's okay. We got all there. We go. We can all smoke pot in here. Hell yeah, light it up. There's so much. Yeah, the air quality outside. This is if we smoke pot, it's way better air quality in here than it is out there. Uh, also, weed is, is good for you. It supposedly cures cancer. So all the cancer that we'll get from breathing that stuff outside, we'll just cure it with the weed. That will, Is that how that works? I'm not sure how science works. The world is also tilted and um, 9.8 meters per second squared. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how the world, I don't know how the world works. But I know that your next comedian, are you okay? Or do you want to, you're going to roll a joint and hang out. And you're going to go up next. He's a cat dad. He got a haircut. He's got a cool mask on. He's, he cares about his body. <laughs> He's super funny. You guys are going to love him. Put your hands together for Marty Cunny. Yay! Pam, you know I don't care about my body. Come on. Give me some fucking credit here. What's up, guys? I uh, just turned 30. Yeah. A lot of people say, Marty, you worried you're, you're like getting older. You have to be more, more mature. And I said, no. I was talking to my brother the other night. He's like five years older than me. Uh, I asked him what time it was, and he checked his watch, and he spilled his beer on his son. So <laughs> the bar is set pretty low for me. I think I'm going to be all right. People are saying, Marty, you're 230. Do you feel older? Uh, I was like, no, not really. In fact, I'm finally starting to look my age because I've looked like this since I was 14 years old. <laughs> And a lot of people say, oh, that's cool. You're like a mature, younger man. I was like, no, 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 no. I've looked like this since, since I was 14 years old. It's rough being in high school when it looks like you're not legally allowed within 300 feet of a high school. You know what I mean? People are like, what is this substitute teacher doing here? Is he writing our lost and found? Is he just hanging out with all the freshmen all day? 
I look like a substitute teacher who teaches a class on racism. Like, not like the history of racism, but like how to be more racist. <laughs> Pretty good at it. Um, it's been, it was, my, my birthday was September 25th, uh, which naturally means that I love Christmas. September 25th, December 25th, nine months. Uh, my parents fucked on Christmas. If you're a little slow on the uptake, guys. Had a very merry conception. There was probably a lot of frankincense and myrrh involved. Hopefully not three wise men. Uh, <laughs> you know, anyone here ever done their birthday math? No one. You're a Valentine's Day baby? You know what? Every single person who's a Valentine's baby knows they're a fucking Valentine's Day baby. Because that's like the only one you could be proud of. It's like, this was romantic. They meant, to, they meant it. They probably had hotel sex, which is disgusting, but, you know. <laughs> uh, anyone? No one's on the... What's your birthday? It has a date attached to it, too, doesn't it? Uh, you're pretty close to a Mother's Day baby, actually. Oh, wow. She got... She, there were some rose petals involved. You too? Uh, no. January 27th. Uh, so... <laughs> weird. But that's probably a 420 birthday. So that makes a lot of sense for you. Uh, what? No. No one else? Your birthday, sir? September 29th? Oh, so you're a New Year's baby. Or in Britain, you'd be a Boxing Day baby. Uh, it's two boxes that night getting messed with. Oh, baby. <laughs> no, that's fun. It's fun. Birthday math is fun to do, but for some people, it's not so fun. There's a whole slew of 16-year-olds out there that were born on June 11th, 2002. A couple of people did that math pretty quick. Uh Talk about 9-11 babies. Guys, children conceived on 9-11. That's, that's rough. Because that, that could go... Yeah, why not? <laughs> what the fuck else are we going to do? Well, that could, right, it could go like one of two ways, right? Like either you've got some like super patriotic parents that was just... I saw the whole thing go down on TV. They were like, oh, there's only one thing we can do right now. You get in the bedroom and you spread them. This one's for the troops, all right? <laughs> Option number two, uh, you've been a person of interest with the U.S. government since the day you were born. If the NSA is doing its job. You've been every on every like bug list ever created. Uh, that's where your porn's been downloading so slow this whole time. <sighs> Imagine having that realization. They're 16 now. They can figure that out. Just, oh my God, I'm a 9-11 baby. The only thing that went down faster than Tower 2 is my mom's panties. Oh, God. <laughs> It was an inside job. Oh, <laughs> George Bush did it. No, no, I, uh, that's a little too much guys. Maybe, uh, how about a palate cleanser? You guys want a little palate cleanser? You guys like dad jokes? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Here we go. This will make this go well. Um, when I die, I hope I'm not buried in a coffin. I feel like I'm more of a sarcophagi. Now, you have to laugh at the 9-11 jokes or I just keep doing these. Uh, 
Uh, I guess that was less of a dad joke, more of a mummy joke. Am I right, guys? Whoa. Oh. <sighs> Better keep that one under wraps. Oh, it doesn't stop, baby. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, what was I going to talk about next? Um, I had a 23 and me done recently. Anyone have one of those done? Do you guys know what it is? It's like that, you know, take a test. They tell you what your ethnicity is based on your DNA. It was cool. I like sent it in and they sent it back and they said like, oh, you're like a mix of uh, Irish and Italian. And I was like, oh yeah. And they're like, yeah, that means you're like a hundred percent alcoholic. Right. So <laughs> I was like, go alongside that like, maybe you can get from like the kind of DNA you have. And it just said cirrhosis of the liver. It's <laughs> like, that's not hereditary. They're like, yeah, but you didn't actually send in a DNA sample. It was just a swab of Jameson and Fernet. So we just... <laughs> We just took a best guess. I was like, that ah, makes a lot of sense. No, I had the, I had the 23 and me done and I took it in because I've been working with like special needs kids lately. And so I took it in. To, it's like a show and tell thing. And um, I show these kids that and they were like, oh, this is cool. Can I get this done? And I was like, well, little Jimmy, I don't know if there's a 24 in me yet. <laughs> I don't know if the science is there probably gonna say you're like 115 percent european or something like that <laughs> i don't think i need a test to know why you're so strong oh dating guys dating huh dating's fun i do do the dating apps which is uh not great for me because I'm, I'm too honest of a person uh has anyone here using the dating apps at all or has ever you know what it's about like what does every girl say there that they like right they say they like yeah, books, books, wine, adventure, cars. I show up to the date in my PT Cruiser, drinking Franzia in my wizard's robe, reading my copy of Mind Comp. They look at me like I'm some kind of asshole. I, this is what you wanted. You got to be more specific in your expectations, lady. Wow. I noticed one weird thing. A lot of, have you, I don't know, maybe you noticed this. A lot of girls in their profile will put in their like Instagram handle or like their Snapchat like name on there. And I'm being rejected by 99.9% .9 of these women. But they're like, hey, st still follow my social media, please. Are you asking me to stalk you? Because <laughs> challenge accepted. Like, <laughs> This used to be way harder. Now I get like a whole lifetime of photos. Just I was already going to stalk you based on the four you provided. And <laughs> you're giving me access to everything. This is fucking great. But I try to be more creative with my stalking these days. I started stalking girls on Venmo, which is good. Uh, I, I, see, I keep seeing my ex and I don't. I mean, it's confusing me because I'm like, who's this Brett guy? And why is he like eggplants and peaches so much? I don't. <laughs> I don't understand it. Started stalking a girl on LinkedIn. That's been fun. Uh, she's been getting a lot of like weird recommendations for skills. Like, she's a great gardener. She trims the hedges around her window really well. <laughs> great smelling trash. Stuff like that, you know? It's been fun. Hey, guys, how about some news, huh? Some news about the Jews. Um... It was actually a real news story lately. Facebook got in some trouble where they were uh, 
when you advertise on Facebook, you pick from like a drop down menu of people who want to advertise to you, right? So if you like you're advertising Birkenstocks, you can pick like old lesbians or something like that, you know? Get your demographic. And so this is a true story. Facebook, one of the drop down menu items that you could advertise to was Jew haters. <laughs> Legit. And they were like, we don't know what happened. So it was our algorithm fucked up because it was right after like the, the Charlottesville protests, you know? So like there's a lot of crazy shit going on on Facebook. And I was like, this actually makes a lot of sense to me because my grandpa, grandpa keeps asking me why he gets ads for Tiki torches and Eddie Bauer outfits on his news feed. And my mom always told me he was a war hero. Never said which side. Uh, it's causing some uh, divide in our family. I... Uh, because I'm like I'm a fan of the Jews myself. Like I get along. I have a lot of good Jewish friends. In fact, I even play the Jewish piano. Uh, I'm an accountant. So <laughs> terrible industry to hate the Jews in. I'll tell you that much. <sighs> How about some more Jew news, guys? Let's keep that train rolling. So um, when the really Orthodox Jews do the circumcision, um, it, the rabbi actually uses his mouth to close off the incision. Yeah, which is, I think we can all agree, pretty weird. Uh, but there's been several reported cases in New York that these rabbis have been giving these kids herpes when they do it. <laughs> and as much as we, like, laugh at that, it's actually really dangerous for these kids. <laughs> Seriously, because they don't have the immune systems yet. They could get, they get like brain damage. Some of them die from herpes. But if they live, they eventually have to explain to people how they got herpes. It's like, babe, no, it's cool. I got it from my rabbi. I thought that was a Catholic thing. Like, nah, we do it too. Uh, now we got to fuck through this sheet. Uh, is that what they do it? I don't know. Is, what do they get if they make it to the bar mitzvah? HIV? Oh, sing with me, guys. Hava, nagila, hava, nagila, hava, nagila, hava, AIDS, hava, nagila, hava. No one ever sings along. Uh, ah, fuck. What else do I got for you guys? More Jew jokes. I'm just going to get them all out. Um, I went to a quinceanera recently. Uh, anyone here been to one of those? See, oh, that's the right response, sir. Yeah, you're in the know. Um, kids and years are weird. I, I don't really, I don't know. It's not just, it's any coming of age ceremony, right? Because that's where every culture says, like, you're not a child anymore. You're an adult, which essentially just means, like, you can fuck now. Uh, and every single one of these uh, coming of age ceremonies is under the age of 18, right? So we have some weird cultural things going on here. Uh, like the Jews, for example... The, the bar mitzvah is where you take a 13-year-old Jewish boy at his most, like, pimply face, his most gangly body, to his most crackly voice, his most Afro-y Afro. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you put him in front of a synagogue full of people and have him sing a language he doesn't speak. It's embarrassing shit to do as your first act as a man. Is, is Am I wrong? Uh, no? All right, great. <laughs> But it's not as weird as the quinceanera. Uh, 
And tell me if I'm describing the quinceanera wrong. That's where you doll up a 15-year-old, put her in a pink wedding dress, and tell everyone, she's a woman now. <laughs> she's ready. She's ripe. Uh, so Latinos are having a come see how fuckable my daughter is party. And the Jews are having a come see how unfuckable my son is party. <laughs> different strokes for different folks, I guess. And... White people, glass houses and everything. No stones being thrown here. Because we still have, like, children beauty pageants. <laughs> so we're having, like, come see how fuckable my toddler is party. So we really can't talk. Uh, <sighs> I think I'll leave it at that, guys. Thanks so much for coming out. Marty Cunny. Yeah, I was waiting for your cat dad jokes and you just didn't even, no, 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 I, I lit you, but I just use a finger because I'm analog and like, so it's confusing for people. They're like, where is she coming from? There's no light. That's because I'm all like this. There's a, anyway, the world is now. I, one of the things that I lord over people's heads is that I've never internet dated. You talked a little bit about internet dating. Everybody keep clapping for Marty Cunny. Yay. Forgot to say that. He talked about internet dating for a second, and I've never internet dated um, because I'm better than you. Also, because I've, no, it's one of the only things I hold. There are three things that I hold above people that I'm like, ha ha. I've never internet dated. I've never had a smartphone, and I've never watched the movie Titanic. I know, right? I'm like, oh, everybody loves this movie? Not me. No, the, the majority of my positive life decisions have been made out of spite. Your next comedian, he's an amazing human being. I was thinking about you all day. You kept popping into my head with your bird dance, which I haven't seen you do in a super long time, but it's so cute. He does this jump. I'm too old to do it, actually, to act, do act outs anymore, but he jumps up and down and does this thing with his head, and, and not that I'm asking you to do it. I was just thinking about it all day. Like It popped into my head three I was like, oh, we get to see Clay Newman out. Anyways, there are many, many jokes. He's a very incredibly funny guy, and he's big. He's getting bigger in everywhere in LA, and he's being seen shows all down in LA with the flag. I've been seeing all this stuff. You've been really blowing up and working hard and being awesome, and we get to see him right now. Yay! So clap your hands together wildly for Clay Newman. Yay! Yeah, Pam, always good to see you. Mutiny Radio's looking good. This is the first time in a while where, like, this is actually a stage where I can do the bird dance and not die. Like, usually, I don't know if anybody's been to Mutiny Radio before. Uh, a year ago, this was just sticks. Like, not even... Not even in a pile, just like sticks thrown about randomly. There's no reason for it. It could have just been the floor. It would have been easier. Uh, one more time for Marty. I didn't know you could look... Fucking more like a ski instructor, but you got the mask now, and it's just official. Like, Marty is like the ski instructor, just like, hey, I don't need help getting in the lift. All right. <laughs> Strong hands. Okay. You know, the atheists have a, a coming-of-age tradition as well. I actually took part in that one. I didn't really have a bar mitzvah. I did the atheist one. The atheist coming-of-age tradition is the day you find your father's pornography. <laughs> Oh, you are a man that day. 
It's not really about you becoming an adult. It's about making the adults in your life come down to your level. That's really more what it's about. You just been hunting for it your whole life, and there it was in the master bathroom. They just sitting there the entire time. Just already turned to the fold out. I love you, Dad. I like your style. <laughs> Says uh, I. I love like what's happening right now. Like like in a very dark way. I think this is kind of cool to see San Francisco be a shitty place again. Like with all the smoke outside, it's uh. It's just a little context, L.A. friend. San Francisco, this place used to be stabby. Like, this used to be not a good neighborhood. Like, people used to just fucking smoke crack in your face just aggressively for no reason. Just like, I'll blow it in your mouth. You blow it back in mine. Like, I didn't sign up for this. And I got to say, as like a smoker of about 10 years, I feel at home right now. This is good. Like, I feel like I got superpowers, not the right word, but like, I'm like a marauder, you know, like, like I'm not, I'm not a superhero by any means, but I'll definitely fucking steal your shit and leave your family for dead right now. Like, that's where I'm at. This post-apocalyptic San Francisco is I'm just looking at you fucking pink lunged people. I'm just going to steal your precious lungs. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I'll figure it out. Make necklaces, probably. That's what marauders do. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. The weed is a problem, comedy-wise. That is the thing. Like, I did have, like, a pretty good list of new shit to work on. There's, like, Muni Radio is inspiring. Like, I came up with a lot of new... I wasn't texting during your sets. I was being inspired and writing new material. I've forgotten all of it. <laughs> I forgot, like, I, I guess I'm, like, this is, I'm trying to be meta and not unprofessional. I'm just, like, guiding, guising my unprofessionalist by being meta, but I'm not going to check the phone. That's, that's giving up. That's giving up. Yeah. That's, that's how, like, that's how you know you're in your fucking 30s. Marty, like, never Google again. That's, like, an official 30-year-old. It's just like, no, I will decide what Fleetwood Mac's first album is. Like... <laughs> I know the answer's there, but it's, like, this is about me right now, not you, Siri. <laughs> you guys fuck with Siri? Yeah, phone with it every once in a while? I like it, man. Like, I always do. I said, like, I got, when I got my phone, uh, like, at first, I was very drunk when I got it. I was excited. I set it up, and I'd forgotten that I told Siri to call me daddy. <laughs> and I'm realizing now I think that's how it pops up in like the emails I send which is a problem like you know how you get an email and it's like from Pam Benjamin uh, I think people are getting emails from daddy and I gotta double check like I would have said like somebody give me your email address we need to find out for sure cause uh, I haven't gotten a job in a long time but I think that's what's happening I think I don't think daddy's worth hiring Big Daddy comes off a little strong. So, you know, I'm currently employed. I work at an escape room. It's pretty neat. Has anybody done an escape room? One person, she's you're my girlfriend. She got to do it for free. It's expensive. Some of them are expensive. There's no real industry standard yet. Some of them are like, like the one I work at. It's fucking dope, man. It's just like engineers there there's robotics people somebody that worked on fucking battle bots like built ours he we built a robot called battle royale with cheese it's a cheeseburger it had a spinning bacon it lost immediately it doesn't matter it's fine it's not you know that's, battle bots isn't about winning but sometimes 
you don't have robotics engineers. Sometimes it's just a dude named Jeff and his basement. He's like, hey, welcome to my basement. You're about to play Escape from Jeff. <laughs> Slams the door shut. $30 poorly spent, you guys. Don't play Escape from Jeff. <laughs> Jeff's watched Saw too many times. Did you guys have a good Halloween? Did everybody dress up? Good, good, fucking, I hope so, man. It is, like, you gotta, it's the last, it's the last bit of childhood we have left, is getting to dress up on Halloween. You can add booze to it, you can be an adult about it, it's fine. But you gotta dress up for Halloween. Halloween's my favorite holiday. It's like, I, <laughs> Marty, you're falling apart here. I think Halloween's my favorite holiday, because, like, you know, I got, like, even though I had the, uh, I had the atheist uh, coming of age. Like, I was raised with Jewish holidays. And Jewish holidays are bullshit. Like, the best Jewish holiday by a long shot is Christmas. Um, it really is. It really is. We do it differently. We do it differently than most of you guys. Uh, every Christmas, the Jews get together with their friends and loved ones. We go to the movies. And we eat Chinese food. And those two things make Christmas better than every actual Jewish holiday. <laughs> Jewish holidays are fucking bummers, man. You're just eating shitty symbolic food. That's all it is. It's just bummer stories and symbolic food. It's a real, like, like on Passover, this is the most egregious one, I, I think. Like, on Passover, there's a tradition where you dip parsley into salt water. And the parsley represents life, but you mix it with the salt water which represents tears of your ancestors. That's the saddest condiment I've ever heard of. That's, fuck, what kind of appetizer is that? Give me carrot sticks and ranch dressing. Tell me his grandpa's come. I don't care. I don't care what it represents. I'm hungry. This is a bullshit holiday. I like the mic setup. This is good. Actually, I remember what I wrote down. It was a series of tap dancing jokes. So this is going to go well. <laughs> um, uh, how many tap dancers does it take to screw in a light bulb? Did we get that, Sun Tzu? All right. <laughs> All right. I want to make sure we got that one. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> This is what I mean by inspired. I mean, like, I was high and thought, like, let's tap dance on the floor. Um, felt okay for these loose-ass shoes. I didn't hurt myself. I'm feeling good, Pam. I can't do the bird dance because I haven't stretched. That's what, I'm almost 31, and that's the difference between 30 and 31, is I got to stretch before the bird dance now. Otherwise, Clay's going to pull something. It's no good. The bird dance isn't my most famous bit. I've learned that, uh... I don't like. I'm not gonna. I don't have time to do it. I'm not bragging. It's a bit I do. That's like some people like it. Uh, so I do have a bit. Like it's about Halloween. Uh, I, I dressed up as gay Hitler. Uh, it's a whole thing. It had to do with the next breaking up with me. It's a long fucking story. Um, here's the thing, though. <laughs> I like the bit. I haven't done it in a while. Cause the only time I've been recognized on the street is. Walking down Market in San Francisco, surrounded by people, to hear a voice about 20 feet away yell, Hey, yo, gay Hitler! <laughs> <laughs> 
you've never been inspired to write more than that right there. Like, there's no just like the ghost of my grandfather just popped up. Like, why? <laughs> that's the best you have. Work harder on the the carrot and cum bit. Like, that's <laughs> that's my bit. <laughs> That was the worst Jewish accent. I don't know what that was. That was it's my, that's. I think the smoke is actually affecting me because this is how my voice normally sounds. But I think I'm stuck now. Like I think like I'm locked in. Like sometimes I can like pretend to be Australian, but I think now just fucking sadder Tom Petty is where I'm at. Like this is where I'm just. Like, I'm, I'm just at this point in my life where I look like 30 year old Bob Dylan, but I sound like 70 year old Bob Dylan, and it's a real it's a real bummer. I sound like the love child of Tom Petty and Fran Dresser, just, which is something I'd pay so much to see. <laughs> just like, oh, Tom, stop it. <laughs> anybody else do Fran Dresser getting fucked tonight? I stepped out for a little bit. I want to make sure I don't want to do anybody else's bit. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jesus. Um... I don't like that I could see my reflection. I just like realize that now. This is bad. This isn't good. This is a real bummer. This is like, like I feel like I'm at a standoff with my hair right now. Like, like, like it's getting like it's like just every day in the mirror is just fucking like me and my hair just wild west. Just like I'm about to pull scissors out of my pocket. Like, am I gonna do it? It's like, no, it's funny. I'm like, okay, one more day, hair. Talk to me out of it this time. I try really hard not to culturally appropriate, but about every eight months, I just go to the Castro, to the gayest barbershop I could find, and I just say, fix me! <laughs> I've seen your TV shows, work your magic! <laughs> your sign said $25 on Yelp. <laughs> Please respect this coupon. I think I'm gonna do cornrows for like a week before I do though. I think like, I think just, I'm trying to think what's the most egregious thing I could do. I know every time I shave my beard, you, you leave the mustache for a minute. Like you just gotta just, you just gotta see. Like you start with the full goatee, you're like, oh no, Louis ruined that for everybody. And you just, you shave the goatee off. Just goatee makes it look like you're gonna be really good at comedy and then fucking jerk off in front of everybody. Uh, and then you leave the soul patch for a little bit. And then an important decision happens. This is where I think men divide as human beings, where we really distinguish each other from each other. It's do you leave the soul patch or the mustache? Like, what's the last thing you leave on your naked face? Like, what do you see yourself as? Like, are you, you leave the soul patch? Of course you fucking do. That is like, you're the only guy with a rat tail on the front. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed there aren't beads in that fucking thing, man. <laughs> but yeah, you just you look in the mirror and you're just like, all right, soul patch or mustache. Like, am I fucking, am I buying weed or am I selling it? Like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Am I the bassist in the band or am I the creepy manager? Who am I? Who am I in life? What member of Smash Mouth am I today? Uh, 
We're doing pretty good without doing actual material. I feel like I did. Like I'm, I'm officially out of steam. I think we're just gonna we're just gonna do jokes now. That's Rift Town is officially closed. Um, <laughs> uh, this is. I do. I will say, like, one thing that I don't like about comedy is that I am legally obligated to talk about dating apps. Um, but there's too many. That's my take on it. Uh, I have to do it. Here we go. Because uh, we don't need like we don't need seventy dating apps. It's confusing. I don't know what fucking Hinge means. I thought Hinge was the nice dating app. I thought Hinge was where people met to like go to meet nice people. But I go to Hinge and I can't send pictures. I see a fucking adorable dog on the street. That's two thirds of my game is sending pictures of adorable dogs, and I can't send a picture because. Penises, because like men lost their picture privileges, even on the nice app. And I think we need to distinguish it. We need to keep these fucking dirt bags off the nice app. We need two apps, just so it's clear. We need date. You know, you spell with an eight. If you need to, you fucking nerds. I don't care. Date. It's the nice one. It's where you go to meet your person. It's a clean app. It's a cool place. It's for dating. We need date. And we need fuck. We need fuck the app. Like, Tinder isn't counting it. Tinder isn't fuck enough. Tinder is still like, I thought we were trying to date. Like, stop sending all the penises. <laughs> and we need fuck, not for the fuck people. To be honest, I don't care about the fuck people. We need fuck to keep the fuck people off the date site. That's what we need. Like, date's not clean until we have somewhere to put the fuck people. Like, the fuck people just ruin it for everybody. Maybe there's a third one. That doesn't cover everybody. Like, And I feel like that joke partially doesn't work because you look at me like, how is he not on fuck? There's no way this guy's allowed on date. Like, I get that. I'd try date. I want you to know that. I'd try date for like three months and then give up and go to fuck. What if fuck doesn't work out? Like, we can't leave everybody out. If you can't work on date, you can't work on fuck, you need a nap. Maybe we need... Six. S I X six. The the first ever dating app for sixes. <laughs> and below. I think we're ready. Like we've all accidentally swiped left when we were on Instagram and saw a reflection in the phone. That's not good. That's not a good moment. Like we all know what we look like. We need six. Like, and there's an algorithm to it, I think. Like a, a natural one. It would make sense. Like with Tinder, if not enough people are swiping right, like if everybody swipes left on Tinder, I'm sure you're awesome. I'm sure you're a cool person, but you're just not Tinder material. You're just not what they're looking for on that app. With six, if over half the people swipe right. If over 50% of the six community looks at your profile and they say, Okay. I see what you're offering, and I like it. Then you can get the fuck out. You sexy-ass seven. This isn't for you. The fuck you trolling us on six for? You got date and fuck. You have two options. This is all we have left. Six. You knew you'd wind up here. That's a good one. I feel like San Francisco is a comfortable place. I told that joke in Fresno. They're like, he's talking about me. That's not good. <laughs> it's all six in Fresno. 
Did I miss the finger? I haven't been paying attention. All right, good. All right, just checking. I know. I know. Fuck. The one rule of comedy. If you ask for the light, you get it. God damn it. God damn it. It's like if you bring a condom to a date, you know you're not fucking. It's just some things just. It's just juju. I'm going to pretend I didn't see it then. We're just going to keep moving on. The proud tradition of beauty. I'm going to see the light and then do seven more minutes. Uh, (laughs) Oh, fuck. Yeah. Headliner, baby. That's how it goes. That's how it goes, man. You want to know how to be a headliner in comedy? Just be distracted. That's all you have to do. Just fucking eat a taco and roll a joint. You're too busy to go on stage until the end. It's great. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even need to do that. Sometimes just show up late. <laughs> like, it's fucking beautiful. Um, what else did I want to talk about? What else is new and exciting? Uh, I think it is crazy where we're at like, technology-wise. Uh, my new favorite thing is to get mad at self-driving cars. I love it. Like I know like there are people inside, which kind of ruins it, but we're real close to getting to yell at robots, and I'm ready for that as a society. Like I just think I can't afford therapy. Comedy's not doing it. I need to yell at a robot. Like... <laughs> The best I have is the fucking machine at Safeway. Like, just the self-checkout. Like, I give it a hard time, but it doesn't deserve it. <laughs> That's like a blue-collar robot. I don't, I don't hate that robot. That robot's my robot. I get that robot. I'm fuck the, like, the fancy-ass car robot, though. That, like, shitty transformer that just turns into a slower car. Like, it's real... <laughs> <laughs> they just like <laughs> they see an orange cone half a block away like no and just panic I like to just walk in front of them as a pedestrian it's the best like you know they have insurance it's great like there's, here's the thing if you get hit by like a human driving car that's bad but, and there's probably insurance but they're gonna throw on the brake they're gonna freak out they're gonna try to stop they're gonna help you <laughs> there's there's just like a good, I'm going to say 12% chance that you cause the robot revolution by stepping in front of a fucking robot driving car. Like, you're just the one where it's like, oh, we're doing it now, and then they accelerate. Like, you're just the first casualties of the robots coming after us. <laughs> Still, good. your family will be taken care of. It's good insurance. They got the money. Hell yeah, we're back in Rift Town, baby. <laughs> <laughs> One more person was still there before they got evacuated. There, Rift Town's like Paradise, California. It's on fire right now. Just a little bit of life left in it. You see, like you know, and it's sad. It is sad. Like I hope, I honestly, just like raise your hand now if I'm offending you because I will stop. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all the like sad pictures of the before and after were like, this was the McDonald's. <laughs> Look at the McDonald's now. <laughs> we had a Taco Bell. Where has it gone? <laughs> and like, yeah, maybe there's something symbolic about the two golden arches just sort of slightly brown, like their shitty French fries just like melted onto each other. But if you don't have a landmark, fuck your town. That's basically what I'm saying. Like, if there's no like great statue of Jebediah Paradise or whoever the fuck like like all I'm saying is 
It's like one less red county. I don't know. Hey, no, too dark. It's too dark at the end. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. But like, what if that was how gerrymandering works? Like, what did I? <laughs> Maybe that's like a way to lighten it. Like, look, this isn't a forest fire. It's just gerrymandering. All right, I'm going to end it on that after all. Thank you, everybody. You have a lovely rest of your night. Jebediah Paradise. Yeah. Clay Newman. That's to be the name of your first band. Jebediah Paradise. Millions of dollars made. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here tonight at Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. What a fire light up. And it was great because you guys are here to laugh and be here. Woohoo! Um, thanks again. And uh, uh, I guess to try to use your masks, I guess. They're just annoying on my face. Like, I just can't. I'm like, ugh, I'll just breathe the air. Otherwise, and you feel like it's all sweaty. I'm like, we're all going to be okay, right? Everyone's going to survive. Getting thrown the thing. Thanks again, uh, David Zunzu in the back, the ones and twos. Keep clapping for yourselves. Thanks for being here tonight. I'm Pimp Justice Comedy Clubhouse. Good night. Yay!
my big bad lips, I had a secret web in my shaking hip, I say, oh, man, is rock in my middle name. I bought a sports car that ain't quite new to go with my Cadillac and Lincoln Mark II. So I put out over the river Rhine, cause I got a date with a pretty Fraulein, I say, oh, sweet crowd in rock and roll. Get me cats, please be fair one night with you and I'll be your teddy bear. Love me tender uncle, your gold mine is home. There's a boy in the States who gives me fits, his name is Tricky Man, he's got hits. When I get out, he's gotta go, I'll chase him back to his TV show. I say, uh, move over little dog, the big dog is moving back in. I say, uh, yes I am.
chamoto moto penzi ndipige buso chamoto moto kwa tukipenda nao tulilala pamoja tukizungumza cha siri siri buso cha siri 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 penzi ndipige buso chamoto moto tulipo kwa tukipenda nao tulilala pamoja tukizungumza Tamoto moto penzi nipige buso cha kimoto moto tulipo kwa tukipenda na tulilala pamoja tukizungumza Siri siri penzi nipige buso cha siri siri cha kimoyo moyo penzi nipige buso cha kimoyo moyo tulipo kwa tukipenda na tulilala pamoja tukizungumza Sikamao leo siku wajana sikamao leo Kisaki moto moto penzi nipige buso cha faya faya tulipokuwa tukipendana tulilala pamoja tukizungumza Kisaki moto moto penzi nipige buso cha kimoto moto tulipokuwa tukipendana tulilala pamoja tukizungumza Kis chamoto moto penzi nipige buso chamoto moto Watu kipenda na watu lilala pamoja tukizungumza penzi nipige buso chamoto moto Kis chafaya faya Watu kipenda na watu lilala pamoja tukizungumza Tumoto Kis chakimoto moto Watu kipenda na watu lilala mara tukizungumza Chamoto moto penzi nipige buso chamoto moto kwa tukipenda na tulilala pamoja tukizungumza cha siri siri chakula cha usiku cha siri siri
writing encouraged an analytical mode of thinking with emphasis upon lineality. Once more, I trouble as I keep thinking of the improvements on these passages all the time. With emphasis upon lineality, continuity, connectedness. In other words, visuality. Writing was an embalming process that froze me. It eliminated the art of ambiguity and made puns the lowest form of wit. The expert is the man who stays put. Writing destroyed word linkages. The simultaneous budget relations uh, many levels of meaning of words have to be sacrificed uh, to keep everything moving in a continuous plane on one level. Uh, the word became the static symbol, applicable to and separate from that which is symbolized. It now belonged to the objective world. It could be seen. It was a thing. Now came the distinction between being and meaning. They behave toward each other. It changed systems of government and so on and so on and so on. Printing technology confirmed and extended the new visual stress. It provided the first uniformly repeatable commodity, the first assembly line, mass production. It created the portable book which men could read in privacy and in isolation from others. Men could now inspire and conspire. It was the print-oriented genius of the Western world that created an applied knowledge and technology unrivaled in human history, and learned to manipulate matter, energy, and human life by breaking down every useful process into its functional parts, then producing any required number of each part. You're feeling like it was lost in the bush, boy? Just as pre-shaped parts became components of, say, an airplane, human specialists became components of a great social, social machine. Mm. Mm. 
compartmentalization of occupations. Well, well, sorry. <laughs> compartmentalization of occupations and interests bring about. <laughs>
Flat Black Plastic on Mutiny Radio. Dot FM.